you doing? Ah, uh, you know, feeling a bit out of sorts. Yeah? Yeah, uh, you know, kind of been feeling like the vastness of the wide ocean Ooh. smashing into the coastal sands. Oh, you sure? <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnadale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnadale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types, yeah. have a bit of a catch-up about media stuff we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a silly catch-up. Yeah. How you doing? Oh, all right, you're back. You, I'm, we, we were away. I'm back. I'm a heckin' sleepy bean. I have I have had like a week and a half of travelling and I'm very sleepy. Mm-hmm. I've done all, done all of the things, all of the travel, all of the peopling. Yeah, that's so many peopling, right? So many travels. So many travel and peopling. I know. Ooh. Well, do, do, I think you went and played some things. I, I sure did play some do things. Do you want to tell us about the things that you played while you were away? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to rattle through quite a few of these because I could have a very lengthy um, played section if I went in depth on most of the things I played. Uh, so I was at Gamescom, and that involved playing a bunch of stuff. Um, I played a little bit of Jackbox Party Pack 10. Ooh, this um, is not out yet. Uh, no, this is out in, like, October, I think. Um, so I got to play two of the games in it. I got to play TKO 2. Hell yeah, TKO best game. Yeah, so TKO is an existing game that I think was in Jackbox Party Pack 3. You come up with silly slogans, you do silly drawings you then put a slogan and a drawing together to make a, a funny t-shirt design see who's got the funniest funny t-shirt this seems like it's basically the exact same game except with additional art options do you want to draw in more colors or more colors of background with more options to change like line width and things do you want vests yeah do you want to put it on a vest or a hoodie in game, but also probably because they're going to try and sell you a low quality vest or hoodie with your design on. What? I look. This, this one's really easy to talk about. If you enjoyed TKO, it's more TKO, but with slightly better art options. I did really enjoy TKO. It's yeah, it's just more TKO, really. Um, the other one I played. I need to pull up the name of the other one. Was a music rhythm, uh, music rhythm game. I'm just trying to find the name quickly. A music rhythm game with mobile lag. Yeah, like a we'll, bad idea. we'll get to that. Surprisingly, not a terrible idea. So this one was called Dodo Ray Me, uh, where it is a collaborative music rhythm game where the game is full of like royalty-free, you know, public domain music right. that you are trying to do touchscreen, essentially like Guitar Hero-esque music rhythm gameplay. To feed music to a giant carnivorous plant that wants to eat the players. Right. Um, and there are different difficulties of uh, instrument you can use for playing along with the song. Right. Uh, that range from, like, you know, your standard, like, guitar or piano or drums, mm-hmm. through to more abstract instruments, such as constant screaming. Ah. Um, so, as you mentioned, yeah, like, this is a music rhythm game done via you know, mobile devices that are connected over the Wi-Fi or the 4G to the game servers. Yes. It works surprisingly well, despite, like, being it's in a... you could stream, though, I imagine. So, maybe. So here's the thing. The way they do it is when there'll be an on-screen countdown that will be, like, 
uh, we're going to count in, and when 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 these these things appear on screen, you tap in time with the things as when you see them on the screen. Right. Um, you tap on your mobile device, and that calibrates your lag because it knows when it displayed it on the screen and when you tapped on your device, okay. and therefore knows how what the lag and the sync is between you. Okay. Um. So for a bunch of people sat around in like in a room, ah, uh, it worked really well. I imagine it would work even with a couple of seconds of, like, stream lag. Because the way it works is you're playing your own music rhythm game along with the music you're hearing on the TV. Right. And then at the end, it basically gets everyone's, like, how they did, makes it into a MIDI file and puts them all together. And then on the on the TV, you see your group's performance and hear, hear what the song sounds like now that you all played it. Oh my. So let's say someone was watching on, like, someone was taking part and watching your Twitch stream with, like, a three-second delay. They'd be playing their own three-second delayed music rhythm game on their device, and it'd all get put together at the end as if they were doing it at the same time as everyone else. Okay. So... I've not tried I'm it with that. what the, the, the longest lag that can manage is, because I've known streams be, like, 20 seconds out. Yeah, like, usually usually I have, like, three to five seconds, because I, I have it set to um, low latency, but I, I'd i be curious to try it with streaming, but I was surprised at how well this worked, considering everyone is on different remote devices yeah. over the internet. It surprisingly worked. Hmm. Um... I got a little bit of a, a look at what the other games in there were. There's Time Jinx, which is something to do with, like, guessing when things happened in time and you're trying to get as close to the year as possible. There's one called Fixed Text, which is something to do with, like, trying to fix text messages, but it the way it was described was, imagine a bunch of people scrambling around in a collaborative Google Doc. And Hypnotorious, which is a social deduction game, in which you've all been hypnotized to be, you know, the example might be everyone playing has been hypnotized to be a cat, and you've got to uh, answer questions as if you are, you've been hypnotized into being a cat. Right. One person in the group has been hypnotized to be something else. It's not like you're the imposter, don't let anyone know. It's you've got to subtly work out whether you're the one or whether you're the group without giving away what the other side right. is pretending to be. Didn't get to play those ones. They seem interesting, but uh, it seems like more Jackbox. It's hard to know until you're... Like, a convention center where you're playing with the developers is not the ideal oh. setting for working out whether a Jackbox game is fun or not. Yeah, that's fair. Like, you you play very differently with, with corporate people <laughs> that you're having a meeting with than I might perhaps with friends who I know where their, their comedy line lies. Um... Yeah, so Jackbox 10. Uh, I, I need to move a bit more swiftly through these, I think. Yep. Um, I played some Sonic Superstars, which is the new 2D side-scrolling Sonic game. Uh -huh. um, it very much plays like classic old Sonic games in terms of, like, no big overarching gimmick. It's generally just classic 2D platforming Sonic levels. Yeah. Um, plays really nicely. Mm -hmm. It feels very reminiscent of what people like about the old classic ones. There's little, little gimmicks and changes in there, but they don't feel too obtrusive. They feel very much peppered in, like, just a little bit to, to modernize things. There's one level that I played in particular where the whole gimmick was there were occasionally gates in the level, and as you ran through them, you'd transform into other forms very briefly. Okay. Um, so, like, at one point I was a sort of voxel Sonic, at one point I was a little jellyfish that could sort of 
uh, dash and sort of swim in 3D space. Uh-huh. Um, at one point, I was a side-scrolling rocket going very fast trying to dodge projectiles. Okay. Um, and none of these sections lasted too long that I felt like they were taking away from the focus. It was, do a silly little thing. Okay, back to running around to Sonic. Yeah. And I think like that's the balance that this seems to have gotten quite well, is having unique, interesting little stage gimmicks that don't feel like they're trying to go... And this gimmick is the future of Sonic now. It doesn't feel like they're trying to throw Sonic away, as they often feel like they're trying to do in new games. I also played a demo for Stalker 2. Um, Absolutely brutally bleak game. Right. Um, The demo that I played started with me in Chernobyl, with my leg being mauled by a dog, Mm -hmm. and invisible gravity wells that would do me huge damage if I walked into them, and my Geiger counter kept going off because there were radiation spots everywhere, and there were compounds full of people who would kill me in, like, three shots. Um, Just a chill time. Just a a chill time! Um, Compared to the first Stalker, the main thing I can say is they added in, like, a compass that shows you where your, like, quest objectives are, and that's a nice little quality of life change. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what else did I play? Um, Black Myth Wukong... It's kind of Dark Souls if you were playing as, like, a monkey man with a big staff that could sort of pole vault around and stuff. Okay. Um, there's three different, like, styles that are essentially, like, you, you press a D-pad direction and you basically change what your heavy and light attack buttons do. Okay. Uh, sort of on-the-fly mid-combo. Um, so you can sort of change between, like, this one maybe is like bigger, heavier smashes. Maybe this one launches me around the battlefield. Maybe this gives me a bit more uh, ability to poke from a, a sort of distance range. <laughs> um, the thing that I thought was quite interesting is because you only really have one weapon, at least in this demo I saw, which was your sort of quarter staff. You had to come in quite close range, mm-hmm. but you had a lot of like um, magic using abilities to sort of keep you safe at that close range. Oh. Like, being able to turn your character, like, completely into stone to, like, block incoming damage and then do sort of a counter. Lots oh. of things to be, like, ways to stay in close but still keep yourself alive. Mm. Um, it was very difficult, very tricky, but it was fun. It, it, it feels promising. Cool. Um, I played the War Games mode for Homeworld 3. Oh, yeah. Um, so Homeworld as a series is a bunch of, like, space RTS games with big fleets of spaceships. This one has a new mode that is basically a co-op roguelike, where you are trying to get back to, like, safe regions of space with other players while trying to very quickly, like, build up your little RTS fleet, do your objective, and then decide how much longer to hang around trying to get extra resources before you hop to the next bit of a level. That that sounds really interesting, I have to say. It's, um, yeah. Uh, to be honest, like I've never really liked the idea of, of co-op um, RTS games. Like Red, mm. Alert, Red Alert 3 was just like, no, I'm off now, which is a shame, because I hear the plot for that is hilarious. <laughs> um, but, like... The way you described it, sort of generally as hmm. the, the whole roguelike thing, really fascinated me. So I am curious to see what they do with it. Yeah, the the thing I kept thinking about when I was playing that, and this is going to be a weird comparison, but I promise it will make sense. Okay, is it made me think about like playing, say, Tetris ninety nine. Okay, in that it felt like that whole thing of, oh, you've taken a genre in Tetris ninety nine's case, like battle royale, and just applied it to a genre that we don't usually see it applied with. Yes, and. I had a similar feeling here going, 
RTS and roguelike are not two things I've seen really done together. Mm. And I think that it helps that, like, they try and keep runs pretty short. Like, this is not the full... Like, this is not Homeworld 3's entire game. This is intended to be, like, a shorter little side mode. And it's like, yeah, you do, like, three missions back-to-back. You're trying to... It's going to take you maybe, like, an hour. And also to just endless skirmishes for multiplayer. Yeah, and it was... There was something nice about the pacing of, like, the first mission of the three was, like, a bit slower to start, so you had your time to start gathering resources and um, getting your initial fleet ready. I like that between missions you maintain your fleet, any that are still kept alive, so you're trying to, like, work out how much you can build up before you hop to the next mission, where you might have less setup time to jump into things. Mm. It was pretty fun. I'm interested to play more of it. Continuing through uh, <laughs> Gamescom stuff, I'm not going to talk about everything I played at Gamescom, um, but uh, what other ones do I want to talk about? Um, best thing I played at Gamescom, okay. my favourite thing I played at Gamescom, I got to play more Billy Bust Up. Yay! I got to play a new demo for Billy Bust Up, which yeah. I, I'm sure we must have talked about Billy Bust Up on here at some I point. I don't think we have, Maybe you know. we haven't. Because um, we previously really only known it from like TikToks. So. Yeah, like I'd I'd played one of the the I played the Kickstarter demo for it a while Ooh. back, but uh, yeah. So Billy Bust Up is a music rhythm platformer about a billy goat, uh, where all of the boss fights have like really catchy soundtracks to them. Yeah, they. Um, we've both been following this for a while on TikTok and have a couple of the boss tunes pretty. Pretty uh-huh. stuck in our heads. Anyway. Yeah. Um. There's been a demo. There's a couple of years old demo for this when it was on Kickstarter originally for okay. the um the Fantokyo boss fight with the uh ah. the 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 puppet strings. Yes. Um. Absolute. Absolutely. Like sold me on the idea of that game. Um. I got to play like a level leading up to a boss fight, see a cutscene, and do a new boss fight at Gamescom, uh, which was the Barnaby boss fight. Yes, the, um, the owl. Yes, the ghost owl that really, 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 really wants to murder you. Um, I'm really impressed at how the um, animation quality for the cutscenes has come along. Like, oh. they now have a publisher, and it's clear they've got publisher money now. <laughs> um, it's really, like, the pacing and the expressiveness of the cutscenes is superb absolutely fantastic um i very much enjoyed the concept of this boss fight which was hey you want to come to my party well it's full of ghosts so if you're gonna come to the party no i really don't want to come to the party i'm gonna have to murder you so you can come to the party how do you want to die you did uh, try and steal the gem to be um, a little bit don't worry about it <laughs> yes um I was given three options of how to die said none of the above and barnaby's like oh wonderful we'll spin the wheel and then you've got a entire boss fight of different ways that you could die and you're having to dodge those in a boss fight. There's a million of them I hear. There's a, there's a million gruesome ways to die I hear. Um, I... That game is tricky and challenging, and I'm very glad to hear that there's a bunch of accessibility stuff being worked into it. Yeah. Um, such as the ability to have mid-boss fight checkpoints, uh, for example. Yeah. Um, but just, like, some of the accessibility stuff is, like, really interesting and I hadn't really heard of done by other games, such as if you die in a boss fight, the default is that sometimes the boss might make fun of you, the player, for losing at the boss fight. If that's going to make you not want to play the game, you can turn that off. So it'll just be, like, generic, I killed the, the character shouts and not, mm. I'm going to make you feel bad for not playing well enough. And I'm yeah. like... Little touches like that are really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, that game's really coming together and I'm so excited for it. Um, I think those are like the bulk of the the Gamescom demos I want to talk about. But where is the skull of Gamecom demos you want to talk about? I'm sorry, I'm sleepy. What did I say that led to that? You said that was the bulk of... Oh, bulk and skull. Sorry, I was like, I don't remember what the phrasing of what I just said was. I'm going to need a reminder. Uh, so yeah. that is how I remind you. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that that's most of the things I played at Gamescom that I feel worth talking about. Wow. Um, I've got other things to talk about this week still uh-huh. in, the, in the played section, but we'll, we'll get to those in a minute. What have you played this week? I played some um, survivors type games. I played a bunch of Bounty of One. It's alright. Yeah. It's uh, seemingly like one level, as far as I can tell. Mm. Maybe there's more, but you have to play a lot of it to get through it. Um, there are more characters. Um, they're not super interesting. The but like there's certain combinations of of weapons you need to do. Or unlock in order to, like, get the best out of certain characters. Hmm. So, like, even your starting character is like, okay, well, your starting character requires something quite difficult, which is, like, getting through the same level at, like, ten different difficulty settings. Hmm. And it's like, well, there's not enough here, but sure, again, people, everyone tried to cash in on the vampire survivors train, I guess, including the train. <laughs> Uh, also played a bunch of, um, sorry, that was Bounty of One. I also played Nomad Survival, yeah. which is a pixel art version of the survivor genre. Uh, you have to play it on at least 100% or, or 200% to make it feel like you're actually moving at all. Well, Otherwise, uh, is that just... percentage speed. Yeah. Okay. Because like it, it starts you off on, like, I think it's just, like, just listed as 0%. Is okay. the default, and it's like, this is painfully slow. But the timer doesn't go any faster, it's just that you move more quickly, and mm. the, so do the enemies. So I guess it's harder, but also, like, it's not like you're, it, it's moving slowly and you can get away from things. Because mm. you can't really, they're still going to be faster than you, it's just yeah. tedious to play. But, um, yeah, I've done a good few runs on that now, um... It doesn't really have evolutions so much as get a thing to level 10, uh, or get a thing to level 9, and the next one will have, like, a rainbow flashy texture over it, and be basically the same thing, but the final version of it. Okay, yeah. Um, kind of enjoying that. There seems to have four levels that you periodically, um, uh, basically beat a certain boss in a certain area, and it will give you an option to spend gold to unlock another level. Um, mm. There are, as far as I can tell, four levels. You can play a normal level or you can play it in double XP mode. Double XP mode doesn't grant you any orbs, but you will still be able to farm a bunch of um, uh, gold from it, and the gold will get you, like, uh, temp or various little upgrades. Mm. But you need the orbs for other kinds of upgrades, so, eh, fuck knows. <laughs> There's probably a really yeah. good way of farming this game, but. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's fine, I guess. It's mm. alright. It's some alternative to Vampire Survivors when you played the crap out of Vampire Survivors. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, have you played anything else, or shall I just keep going? Um, I played a couple of other things I can talk about quickly. Um, I played a demo for one of the games that was in the Accessibility Summer Showcase. I played a demo for Spaceboat. 
Oh, hey. You remember this one? The sort of neon, uh, sort of uh, mystery game on a big cruise ship in space? Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, uh, so there is a fairly beefy demo uh, up on uh, the PlayStation Store at the moment. It's probably mm. in other places, but that's where I saw it. Mm. Um, it is a third-person... Um, the best way I would describe the gameplay loop is being very similar to like a point-and-click adventure game, in that it's very much that that sort of this person needs this thing, and now I'm trying to find, oh, well, you've got that, but I need to find a way of getting that object from this to... Lock and key puzzles. Yeah, it's very lock and key puzzles. But it's lock and key puzzles under the veneer of um, uh, a game that is very, 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 very aware of the terrible monetization of video games. And okay. Maybe, maybe there's other. The, the demo was largely centered around um, characters that were very much parodies of the terrible state of monetization of video games from uh, pre-order Earl. Um, who uh, pre-ordered their uh, their their ticket for the uh, the um, the big cruise ship that they're trying to get onto uh, the second that pre-orders went over available, and then kind of regretted it because they pre-ordered before they actually knew the specifics of what their pre-order tier was going to mean and what they were actually going to get, and okay. we kind of locked into that, and that sucked. Or um, oh, I forget the character's name, Premium Dale. Uh, who is hanging out behind a liter? He is a whale hanging out behind a literal paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, who refuses to give you access to the uh, any of the premium assets? Right. Um, it's a lot of this mixed in with um, some frankly fascinating and bizarre alien designs that I. There's something very muppety about them. Excellent. These these alien designs. Mm-hmm. Um. I very much enjoy the, the the character designs. The the writing is it's a little cheesy in places, but it really hits a soft spot of something I find very I find it very charming. Um, the lock and key puzzles are not too obtuse. Um, the main thing this does that I think is kind of neat uh, that's almost a little bit Phoenix right is occasionally in a line of dialogue from a character something will be set, said in gold text, mm-hmm. and if you press the square button. You can write that down and use it as a prompt to ask questions to other characters. So that might open up other dialogue options to you. Um, And that's a neat little mechanic that I think works well for this sort of like, I'm being an investigator kind of role. Um, It's fun. The demo demo pleasantly surprised me. I, I I enjoyed it. I think that it had a lot of interesting like gameplay, unique little bits of gameplay that it threw in for specific mechanics. I'm excited to see more of that. Yeah. Uh, the other one, and the one that I played a demo for and then picked up the full game and started playing the full game, and I'm really into it, uh, is I started playing Sea of Stars. So this is a uh, pixel art RPG uh, that is... I saw it described as partway between Chrono Trigger and Paper Mario. Okay. And the more of it I've played, the more that feels like a pretty appropriate comparison. Mm. Um it the idea is that you are playing as a trio of characters um your main character you pick one of two one of two characters it apparently doesn't impact the plot that much which of the two you play as um who are in some way destined to go be some heroes and you know prevent some big calamity happening in the place where you live um you learn to use magic you are going on your adventure with your completely unmagic um inclined friend who is a chef and is like, I have no magic, but I will cook you food, and that will be great. 
um, going off on this little adventure to save the world. And the characters are charming as heck. I really, I really like um, their interactions. They feel very well written to be a, a an endearing group of people you want to see succeed on this adventure. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that it's only 25 to 30 hours long. I appreciate a manageably sized RPG. Mm. Uh, but the thing that's really got me hooked is the combat system. So uh, I'm trying to work out how to explain this as simply as possible, because it is really simple, but there's a few different things going on. You've got regular attacks... Every time you do a regular just do an attack, it refills your your magic bar. Mm. You've got special skills you can spend magic points on, um, but you can do regular attacks to build that meter back up automatically. Yeah. Uh, it does the sort of Paper Mario thing of if you hit a button at the same time as your attack lands, you can maybe do extra hits and things mm-hmm. like that or extra damage. Uh, you can reduce incoming damage by pressing a button in time with when things come in for you. Yeah. There's accessibility stuff to increase the acceptable window for those. Um, but the game is very much like... The difficulty is not balanced expecting you to 100% of the time get those blocks and get those hits in. Mm-hmm. They should be thought of as a nice bonus rather than a thing that you're failing if you're not doing every single time the option comes up. Right. And I like that the game's really explicit about that. Mm. Um, the other little gimmick that they have... Uh, there's a couple of other little gimmicks to the combat system that are really interesting. Um, one is, when you do regular attacks, you just hit an enemy, they drop little sort of orbs that you can absorb into a character to make the next attack they do be more powerful, um, deal extra elemental damage, um, do more of what it's it's useful at doing. So, like... You could make a healing spell heal more damage than usual by absorbing up these sort of orbs you've knocked out of enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, and sort of deciding when to use those as a little tactical thing that's really nice. Um, but the other thing that I really enjoy is that when enemies are going to attack you with like a big special attack that's going to do big damage, you've got a couple of turns warning that it's going to happen, and you will see some icons above that enemy's head. If in the number of turns you have available, you can hit them with attacks that correspond to the icons above their head, you stop them doing that attack entirely. They just don't get a turn that turn, they don't get to do their big attack they were winding up. And that sort of forces you to strategize and, like, use more of your moveset than you might naturally use, and not just go, what deals the most damage on paper, just do, just spam that. Mm. Um, and trying to go, okay, I've got three turns... Um, well, I've got to get two sword icons, so if I get that character and I successfully hit the prompt so I can hit them twice for one attack turn, that'll get both the sword icons, and working out how to minimise the big attacks coming in at you is a nice little puzzle that I think, like, adds a lot to that combat system. Um, it's a really fun little RPG so far, I've been really hooked on it, um, it is on various platforms, I've been playing it on Switch, it runs really Mm. nicely on Switch, visually gorgeous, it Reminds me at times of, like, Golden Sun, the Game Boy Advance RPG that I really enjoyed back in the day. It's really neat. I'm very excited to see where it's going. Yay. What about you? What else have you played this week? Uh, I played some uh, Warp's Edge, which is a uh, board game um, published by Renegade. It's from their uh, Solo Hero series. Mm-hmm. It is a, um, I guess it's kind of roguelike-ish. It's a bag builder game. You are basically a a lone starship uh you've kind of broken away from your main fleets you've been sort of lost in space 
but suddenly you find yourself well behind uh, enemy lines, right on their uh, alien mothership, and uh, you have an opportunity to surprise them with your one single ship. And the plot goes basically that you, you go in, you do your best, you take a couple of hits, you take out a bunch of the, the ships guarding the, the mothership, but ultimately you die. And before you know it, you're back at just before it all happened. But now you're, uh, your cargo bay is full and you know what's coming, kind of. And you have more preparation. And basically the concept is you have a bunch of things in your bag. You um, draw like five five of these little tokens out at the start of, uh, at the end of your uh, turn. Hmm. And you, or, or even at the start of the game, and they will have various things like energy to buy more uh, tokens to go in the bag, lasers to shoot down enemies, and evade to evade enemies, and you can either uh, completely kill an enemy to to get a reward mm. for it, or you can stun it by doing an amount of damage. Not all enemies can be stunned. Mm. Enemies come in three different difficulty levels, and they are like the the mothership that you have chosen to go up against will have like a a, a deck. It'll be like get four from the reds, four from the orange, four from the yellow. Mm. And you will shuffle those separately and then put them in a stack with yellows at the top, yellow mm. being the easiest ones. As you go through, you will uh, get more out of that deck. You'll start with a row of four. Um, first row, first round, or first warp, as they call it, you might not get much, much done. But at that point, you're, you know, gathering resources and hopefully yeah. in future having a better run at things. And ultimately, you've got depending on which mothership you're fighting, like three mm. to four warps to try and uh, defeat them and, and press on. And yeah, it's a really fascinating idea. You've got to sort of manage, do I want to buy things with my energy or do I want to um, use that to like repair my shields? Mm. Some of the ships have like very low shields, but very high hull, but there's no way of repairing the hull. Mm. So you have to be sort of carefully balancing various things. Some things will, some ships will have like special uh, effects. Like um, they'll start with an extra skill card, which you is just like a skill that you can spend tokens on to activate, and then it will do something special. Like all your lasers are worth double this round, Ooh. Uh, which is like uh, one of my favorites, one of the most convenient ones of all of them. Um, but like the the ship itself might have a a thing that sort of counterbalances that, whereby all la it takes like one more laser to um, kill an enemy. Mm. You might also get enemies that like bolster each other. Like um, if there if there are a certain number of or, or any of a, a particular faction on the board, then that ship does extra damage depending on how many of those there are. Hmm. It's a fun little solo game. You can get through in about like 20 to 40 minutes. There's uh, like four, I think, different um, motherships in the base game box. And they range from just this sort of very simple thing that's in, th in three parts. They won't attack until you've killed all the things in the deck. Mm -hmm. And then you've got like a good clear shot at it, uh, but they'll take like quite a lot of damage but you can see what's coming up ahead. You sort of know what those are. Um, it's really interesting. I'm really enjoying it so far. And uh, I particularly like The Revenant. It's 
really hard because it will attack and uh, it can can attack you and be attacked at all times as opposed Mm. to when everything else has been defeated as well. But you only have three warps to get through its like base phase. Mm. So you have to destroy all all um three bits of its like main body and then it flips over, automatically ends that warp, and turns into a big robot that you have to fight. Oh fun! And you've only got one warp to do it. Fun. It's cool as fuck, but also like ah and uh, yeah, I it's if if you sort of deliberately don't look too much at the, the things you're fighting before you go in uh, especially with the bosses, like it's at least the first couple of times it can surprise you quite nicely. There's one mm. that's like uh, two ships that work together, and as you take out one of those mother ships, the other side can't be affected in certain ways. Ooh. Uh, but there's this sort of constantly rotating wheel of nothing can be stunned with the laser this mm. round, or nothing can be stunned by maneuvers to like um, like evade them. Uh, yeah, it's a really fascinating little idea, and it all fits in a tiny little box, and uh, yeah, I'm very much enjoying that so far. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Play anything else? Uh, just a bunch more Vampire Survivors on Switch. <laughs> it's It's been my travel game when I don't have brain for anything else, because I've been trying to have opinions about way too many games and have too many meetings about games. That is fair. I, I, I had to form opinions very quickly on a lot of games. You did? But yeah, you played anything else this week? Uh, not really. I've been painting a lot of minis. I've yeah, decided to have. paint the scythe minis because we've had it for a while and over the last few months I've been sort of getting more and more bits for I will paint them, I will paint them, I will paint them. And I was planning to paint them like way back in like February, March I feel like. Mm. And then we have had just really shit weather. Yes. So it's like, I can't even prime these right now, because I've only got rattle cans, I don't have, like, an airbrush and stuff, so... Yeah. It's like, I can't prime these right now, so mm. it's like, I have time! So I sprayed them, Yay. and then I've spent many days slowly working through all seven factions, and then being like, oh fuck, I haven't even started on the airships, but... Yeah, they're coming mm. along, they're looking really nice, I will I will submit pictures up on my Discord at some point if you're interested. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything. Well then, time for this. Oh god, okay, when's my next meeting? Um, okay, like three minutes, I can make it over there. Laura? Uh, oh, hey! Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's... You're here for, the, for all the press stuff, yeah, yeah? I'm here for all the press stuff. Yeah. It's been, oh god, it's been what, like three years? Since... Yeah, it's been three years. Yeah. Ready? Oh, three? God. Two, one. So yeah, I've been doing a whole bunch yeah, of uh, okay, journalism yeah. stuff, and uh, yeah, I, I, I got I, I, into I did some consulting work, and um, I've been yeah, doing I've been doing some like, more review stuff. A couple um, of books going yeah, on the go. Um, I've and, had a kid. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, and, 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 yeah. Moved, got a new uh, goldfish. Yeah, the um, goldfish is called Jeremy. I don't oh, know where you live. I've got a new cat, and you got married. Anyway, okay, go. Yeah, we're allowed to see. Thanks. Bye. The Gamescom experience. ADHD. Well, it's world where people have ADHD, and that's fine. Uh, hey boss. Oh, uh, hello. Hi, yeah, I'm uh, not gonna be able to make it in. Oh, um, is everything okay? Yeah, yeah, I've just got really, really, really into crochet, and I'm thinking I'm just gonna take six months out and just, you know, enjoy the thing while I'm into it. Oh, of course. Awesome, thanks. ADHD, well, it's the world where people have ADHD and that's fine. Yeah. What have you put in your eyes? Um, we watched a thing together, and I think this is the big thing we've watched. 
We went and saw Death Note the Musical. We did? The uh, the English language debut of Death Note the Musical. Mm-hmm. And what, on the second night, I think it was? Yeah, I think it was his second night in London. Um, Yeah, so, for anyone unaware, Death Note is an anime about a kid who finds a notebook that you write her name down, and then that person dies. And then very quickly he decides that he should be god of the world, and absolute power corrupts absolutely as it does. In the course um, of, like, two musical numbers. Yeah. Um, so yes, the musical is interesting in that, like, I'd heard a couple of songs from it when... So this was a Japanese and Korean musical that, like, a couple of tracks got, like, test translated to English a few years back, and they were pretty damn catchy. Um, but this was the first time, like, the whole thing's been done in English, and I think that largely they did a really good job with the big caveat being they very much um they decided they were going to end it at mild death note spoilers here the point where where L dies but also they were going to kind of rush uh their own ending around there and i think that ending is the weakest part but i think that generally it's a pretty good musical i think they tried to squeeze an awful lot in and i think they did a good job yep um there was a lot of content, but it wasn't M. Light Shyamalan tries to do Avatar The Last Airbender. Yeah. Here's the thing. I, I generally think the pacing was pretty solid in that, like, uh, f- first of all, really impressed at how little of it wasn't musical numbers. It it was, it was al- almost an opera. It was almost an opera in terms of, like, m- just everything is delivered in musical. Like, you would occasionally get little conversations here or there, but it was very minimal. Yeah. Um, There's a couple of numbers that, like, uh, there's an, a couple of numbers here and there that I think you maybe could have cut and had more time to do that ending a little less rushed mm. than they did. But there are things I really like. Um, I very much liked that they gave Light's dad more sort of agency in the narrative and more of a uh, m- more of a role of his own. Um, I really liked that they picked some of the sillier moments between Light and Dell to um, dramatise in song form. I think the tennis match was a great choice. Yes. Um, I really liked their take on L. I thought he was a very interestingly handled character. Yes. And I think his his sort of deductive reasoning musical numbers were very fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, th- I thought the set was really interesting. That like it's like three parts, like a desk, a bedroom with like a bed and, and some yeah. shelves, and um, what was the middle section? Oh, sort it's, of a, it's the, yeah, just the... like a chair and some TV screens. Yes, they did a lot with the little set wise. Well, it was perfect, I think, for doing all of those like light and L, convers- yes. like almost conversation, outthinking each other moments. <laughs> yes. And I think that, like, the the places where this really shines is when it gets into the meat of Light versus L, and that sort of, we're having the battle of brains back and forth, works really well as, like, a an excuse for combative um, duets. Mm. And those moments worked really well, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, there there was a lot about it I really loved. Um, Ryuk's actor was fantastic. Oh yes, so excessively over the top, beautifully, um, beautifully, beautifully. Yes, exactly the right kind of energy. Um, 
Yes, there's been a few musical numbers from this that I've like gone back and listened to since and been like, oh, that was really damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one I keep thinking about is um, where that that one where Elle is singing about um, his current theories about who Kira might be, and then in the middle of the song, and he's like, he turns to uh, the police chief and is like, but if I had to guess who Kira is right now, I would guess that he's your son. And it's like, oh shit, um, oh, shit, son, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, the ending felt a bit rushed, but given how much they tried know. to... I mean, what, where, how much more lead-up could you have to it at this point? Because, like, the whole thing has been... They, they've been, like, there's been a lot of deaths. They've called, um, called Ellen. Well, there's... The, my, my issue with it, I think, is that... <sighs> Some of the things they kept in from the anime are clear lead-ups to certain narrative points right. that they that they were building up to a thing that the musical just didn't do, right. and there's that that kind of impacted my f- view of the pacing, Ooh. like in because like there's no explanation really as to as to uh, how do I how do I put this, um. Toward the end, you know, there's that whole moment where Misa sees Elle's name with yes. the with the eyes, um, and then he's like, "Actually, I've worked out that she's the second Kira, and I've got her." That all builds up to um, an entire arc of the anime that just here does not happen, and it's like, "No, actually, Rem just sorted it. Don't worry about it." We're in the final confrontation now. Like, there's a lot of like the building up of Misa's importance, and then that just kind of stops before it has a chance and maybe that part of this is i was reading through the um the program uh, the program and like they had images from stuff from the first half of the anime that are really good pivotal moments that just aren't in the uh musical hmm. like the 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 moment sorry going on a bit of a tangent about death note there's there's a point toward the end of that like first l arc where misa and light don't remember that they are kira and Light's dad pulls a gun on Light to basically be like, if you are Kira, like, you're probably gonna kill me for this, but I need to know you're not Kira. Uh, like, that whole thing, just not present, and I'm like, I get it, it's not super pivotal, but it, it felt a bit abrupt when suddenly it was the final confrontation. When largely they'd sort of beat for beated most of the rest of the story. I think it probably helps that I haven't seen the anime that's fair. In a really long time, yeah. and I wasn't paying a huge amount of attention to it when I did. Um, yeah. I it was one of those things I put on while I was doing other things. Yes. Um, and I did stop around the point the musical ends as well because <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I just felt like I, 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 I didn't need more story at that point. I was like, and... this, this, it felt like the whole story had been about those two. And, like, you've you've said to me that I need yeah. to give it another chance. Uh, and... I mean, I you don't need to, but I I, I think that... Because there is yeah. interesting story still to be told. Yes. Well, what I will say, I, th- I think the musical ended on... If you're not going to do that final act after Elle dies of the story, mm. you have to ha- find some way for the musical to end with L dies, but Light gets his comeuppance. Right. Like his, I flew too close to the sun. I, you know, um, you know, Walter White getting shot at the end of Breaking Bad or whatever. You've mm. got to have that moment. And I think they found a way to make that happen. Like it wasn't a bad way of hitting the narrative beats they needed to end on. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, mu- musical numbers were great. Yep. Um, did a 
really good uh, job with like using that minimal single set. Yep. Um, I have been mildly addicted to some of the soundtrack. It's pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Death Note the Musical. Yeah, it was real good. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You watched anything else this week? No, that was that was the thing I listed. Ah, that was the only thing. I apologise for stealing <laughs> your one thing. Well, it was our thing. Yeah. If anything, I was surprised you hadn't listed it, but you did immediately leave the theatre and go on go to Germany. Yeah, so. in my defence, um, <laughs> the last two weeks have been a blur. I forget what happened when. Yeah. Um, I watched a I watched a couple of I've watched some YouTube while I was travelling. Mm-hmm. Um, I I can mention a couple of videos I watched that were maybe worth checking out. Um, I watched. Plays that forced Magic the Gathering rules changes uh, by the YouTube channel MTG Goldfish mm-hmm. um, that was about a bunch of times that the rules of Magic the Gathering were forced to change due to usually people being real little shits right. at tournament level and um, in the Magic community. Yeah, well, so I fun, fun fact. Um, tournament level Yu-Gi-Oh! has a rule written into the rulebook that is about the spirit of sportsmanship and the rules as uh, as intended. And you can get, like, disciplined in a tournament for trying to, like, rules lawyer a player out of a win. Right. For, like, trying to get a judge over and go, well, technically that's not correct, you should take away their win. Like, you can get sanctioned for doing that. They're like, no, that's... You clearly know what is intended, don't try and, like, rules lawyer someone out of points. Okay. Um... Magic the Gathering does not have this, and it has led to some some bullshit. Um, one example, I'm I don't remember the names of any of these fucking cards, so forgive me. One of them was about um, there is a card. Uh, I think it's called Pithing Needle, and when you play it, you declare the name of a card, and your opponent cannot play that card while Pithing Needle's out. Um, and this was like game three in a tournament, and. It was very clear what the card was he was trying to pithing needle. He said, like, the first name of the... Uh, the first word of the this creature's name. Right. He'd lost to it in the last round... Like, the last two rounds. It was very clearly the intended target of pithing needle. It's right. the the thing you've been using against me. And the other person missed And the other person... The other person was like, well, you didn't say the full name of the card. So, pithing needle... You said pithing needle stops Balrog or whatever. This is Balrog the Impatient. You didn't say that. You So, pithing needle doesn't work. Um, shit like that. Things like, um, there was at one point in Magic the Gathering a rule where you had to tap your lands before you played the card. You couldn't put the card down and then tap the lands to pay for it. And someone in the very final round, like the the finals of the Big World Championship, had been warned about this twice and had been, like, trying to, like, correct himself on it. Um, plays the card that is going to win him the World Championship then starts tapping his lands and gets disqualified from the tournament and denied wow. the winning move because he played the card before the lands. Some some things like this. Heaps to the jeeves. Where I'm just like, wow, as bad as Yu-Gi-Oh sometimes is, I am glad that they have their, um, the spirit of the rules rule. Wow. Yeah. It was an interesting video if a little, like, oh my god, that's infuriating to watch. Yeah. Um, the other one I watched was a video called Ocarina of Time's Unluckiest Speedrun Trick. Okay. Um, so this was talking about a very specific era of uh, Ocarina of Time speedrunning around 2014, where there was a... At the at the time, the current fastest way to speedrun the game, any percent, 
involved a trick to get a bottle early in the like um the Deku Tree dungeon that you could then use to sort of wrong warp to the end of the game. But there was only like a one in eight chance of this thing successfully happening, like five minutes into the run. Right. And you could just get unlucky and like fail that check multiple times and it created a really unhealthy era in Ocarina of Time speedrunning that sort of culminates in one infamous uh, Summer Games Done Quick in which someone is like has been brought on stream to speedrun Ocarina of Time yeah. and has like 15 unsuccessful roles at this this thing happening Ouch. in a row and is just like I can't I- I cannot change the fact that the odds just aren't working for me today. Yeah. Um, and basically, like, getting into some stuff about, like, what is healthy for a game speedrunning community in terms of discovery of new techniques that aren't reliably reproducible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those were interesting uh, interesting videos to watch. Mm. Um, anything else? Or was no, that it for you? Death Note. Oh, well, I we watched other things, but we can't talk about them. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about other things we watched. Uh, hey, support the strikes. Indeed. Support the strikes. Indeed. Um, so, yeah, if that's if that's all we've watched uh, mm. and we're going to talk about, then, uh, yeah. Well, then. Time for this. Hey, Laura. Yes. We've got a new sponsor. Oh, tell us who's our new sponsor. Well, do you have terrible interception? I I really do. Do you like go body feel not right? Am I sick? Am I tired? Have I not watered myself I mean, today? I mean, I'm going to be honest. I half the time don't realise that body feels wrong and I don't know why until someone asks like a basic question like, hey, do you want some dinner? I don't know. Oh, suddenly I'm aware of everything going on in my body. How long oh. has that been going on? Oh, uh, shit. How hungry I am I? I, I need don't to poop. Know. Ah. Yeah. My body suddenly has needs now I think about it. Well... Then you maybe need this week's sponsor. It's Am I Hungry? Question mark. Dot It's an app for people with poor interoception to tell numerically how hungry they are. Oh, finally I'll be able to answer the question, how hungry are you for dinner? With more than a uh, middling? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I am currently a 0.2. Okay, well. Because I have had dinner. Oh, you have had dinner, I but see. Yeah. I see here my dessert stomach is oh, yes, good yes. to go at any moment. Yes, well, that, that's an entirely separate meter. But I think that's good that that, that, that meter is there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, Can yeah. I actually fit a dessert in, or yeah. am I do? It's do I need to have food, or could I fit more food in? Ah, exactly. more cheese to fill up the corners in, and, and all that. Exactly. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty handy. And you could have that handy to you at amihungry.lol.net. Sorry, am I hungry? Question mark dot lol dot net. Enter the code QNPS274, I'm going to say. I might be wrong. Who knows? Mm. And uh, you can get 12% off your first 12 months of the app. Mm. That's pretty good. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh... I I'm I, I got a I got a problem I'm trying to get some help with. Again. I know, I know. This isn't like we're in trouble. This oh. is more of a I I need some creative problem solving. Right. So our new Call of Shooty, uh, you know, we 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 know what the quality of that is. Garbage. Yeah, it's garbage. But uh, you know, 
people are asking for review copies and it's that time of year. And right. I'm trying to work out how we can give as few people as possible access to the game while being sly about that. Because if people catch on that no one has review code, they're going to assume it's bad. Like, I'm, I'm trying to work out how we can, like, walk that line. Well, how about uh, we buy uh, or offer to buy a bunch of advertising space on uh, like a bunch of the big news places and uh, the advertising says we have code for the game and we are uh, we'll have our review I mean look I think that might be mildly illegal but uh, we'll run it by legal we'll see what they uh, what they say right. uh, uh, I, I was thinking, like, do we just give, could we give code to, like, one or two people we know are going to absolutely love it and, like, get them to post, like, review code has gone out, lots of, lots of play, it's not just me that has code, other people have it too, and, like, let people assume that the reason no one else is saying they have code is, like, NDAs and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about, um, we, uh, we just say that they're in loot boxes. And um, people, you know, the 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 outlets haven't yet, uh, you know, managed to do enough pulls. Uh, so what they need to be doing is pulling from random supremacy software boxes for a chance to get a key to review our game. Oh, I like it. I like it. What if we just put out a post excitedly on our social saying, we're excited for all the people who've received review code. They've gone out. We're excited. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, what have you put in your ears? Um, not a huge amount, because no. it's been a lot of, um, I've not had a lot of brain space for new music, because traveling Fair. and uh, being in, like, work, work, work mode. Um, I did go back and listen to the... Album and the track of the same name, Monsters, by Super Powerless, which I'm pretty sure I've talked about on this show before. Um, Super Powerless. Um, a, a guy called uh, Oliver Hindle, who did like one album of really cool chiptune um, um, music, absolutely loved that album. Mm. And then Britain's Got Talent fucked him over and made him hate, hate you know, lo- destroyed his love of making music. But I go back and listen to that album every now and then. It is a fantastic album about like battling mental health conditions mm. told through like chiptune rock it's really good i love that album so much the track monsters fantastic mm-hmm. um it was a lot of listening to stuff i already know because i needed familiarity yeah um i went back and listened to the track fire by kimia dawson yeah um which is a really good song about kind of self-destructive behavior and um wobbly mental health times mm-hmm. uh but it is it is a beautifully put together track um other than that i tried listening to some new music today but my music recommending algorithm has been completely and utterly thrown for a loop because Did i spent to memes all weekend? i spent a weekend listening to meme music and as such all that my music algorithm wants to recommend me is joke songs and not any of the genres I usually enjoy. Um, but I can throw some of the songs uh, I was listening to at you. Um, Tight Pants Body Rolls by Leslie Hall. Yay! Um, Planet of the Bass 
listen to a lot of Planet at the Base. Uh, my my dumb stepdad, uh, Sync182. This was, you might know a clip of this from TikTok. It's the My Dumb Stepdad's Drowning in a Submarine. No, it was a, a Blink-182 inspired parody song about the guy whose went, dad was in the, the Titanic sub well, and he, while he went to the Blink show. Yeah. It is a full, full length track and it is oddly catchy. It's like, it's real danceable too. Oh. Um, other tracks, um... Uh, let me have a look. What's on the list? Uh, listen to a, a good chunk of The Northern Boys. Yeah. Um, give It To Me, Party Time, and Sexy Train. If We've talked about them here before. If you've not heard The Northern Boys, it's three northern old men singing weirdly progressive, catchy dance tunes. Um, uh, the gays and the guys <laughs> and the trans and the big bald men. Yeah. Um, they, they are the band that iconically sung... Um, uh, gonna uh, 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 gonna buy a transgender man two pints, hoping I get lucky and fist him tonight. <laughs> um, Bustin, Neil Ciceralia. Yay! Uh, the Ballad of Bilbo Baggins by Leonard Nimoy. Bilbo. Bilbo. Brave mm. little hobbit of the mall. Um, some tracks from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, like Friendtopia, Getting By. Um, that'll probably do. I was listening to a bunch of just kind of meme trash songs. Excellent. What about you? What, were you li- what have you listened to this I've week? I've listened to nearly 100 episodes of the Magnus Archives. Yeah, you have. Yeah, I started at episode 19 and I'm now on 113. Uh, it was something to listen to while I was painting that was familiar and didn't require too much maintenance. And uh, so, yeah, I've heard a lot of Magnus Archives. It's been nice to go back through it. I have on this, I think, third lesson through um although i didn't actually start at the beginning because i think some of the stories there are a little bit weaker than others but uh, yeah it's been been nice to have a listen back i feel like i've picked up more in this listen to than the last time i listened through um yeah it's been in nice to have just have on in the background and i've been craving something spoopy and obviously we've just been starting to get the uh the first mutterings of of news about the Magnus Protocol, which I think starts in October. So I'm ready for new content in that universe, maybe? Or whatever the (laughs) fuck this is. We don't actually know. We haven't really been told. We will find out soon. uh, Yeah, it's it's been nice to get some some good old cosmic horror and it's made me want to write cosmic horror again and, Mm. uh, and, and have some ideas for that. Who knows, maybe I'll think of something interesting to do as an Arpiger at yeah. some point. But yeah, um it's been it's been good to get get back to that, especially like later seasons where it goes from being John reading statement after statement, week after week, and occasionally little uh, intros and outros featuring other characters to occasionally just like Here's three solid episodes where John does not appear at all. <laughs> um and and stuff is going on and uh, traveling and uncovering all the mysteries and sort of getting towards the end of, um, season three, I guess, which is one of my favorite season ends because that story just gets wild in a way I really, really like. Um, so yeah, no spoilers for 2017, I guess, yeah. whenever that, that, that season was out. Yeah, it's it's still a good show, even on Listen 3, and 
Yeah, I'm just looking for more good cosmic horror stuff until such time as there is more in that universe. Yeah, have you got anything else? Well, that's about it for me. Well then, <gasps> time for this. It was raining in the city that night. Like it was raining in this city every damn night. I'd been on the case for days and I just couldn't work it out. Every place I turned into another loose end. She'd walked into my office three days ago with a case that seemed perfectly simple. But here I was, days later, confused. The question still remained. How did she manage to get that bruise on her knee? Best I could tell at this point, either that doorframe jumped out at her, or she, like me, was neurodivergent and prone to just obtaining random bruises. Now I just needed to work out where my random bruises were coming from. Are you someone who struggles with social engagements? Mm-hmm. Try our new app, Escape the Room! How does it work? You're at a social engagement, and it's all too much. But uh-oh, you don't feel comfortable enough just telling these people and, you know, that you have problems with that and just ducking out. So hit the emergency button on our app and we'll distract everyone while you make your escape unnoticed. Thanks, Escape the Room. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Virtual Justice Warriors. Virtual Justice Warriors? Yeah. Right, Harry. Right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, not bad, mate. Not bad, mate. Um, yeah, I miss you, mate. I don't know. Uh, didn't see you last week. Oh, I know, I know. Sorry, I was, uh, I was busy. Yeah, out and about, galloping, adventuring. Yeah, yeah. 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 but doing you know so, doing so as carefully as I can, though. You oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very important, of course. You know. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen, but uh, yeah, doctors are starting to talk about, uh, you know, another wave of COVID doing the rounds. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like, seems like we might be up for another, uh, another wave of it doing the rounds. Well, you know, it was hardly surprising. You know, people decided that instead of actually dealing with the thing, they just uh, treat it like it was gone and uh, take all the consequences. Indeed, indeed, and you know, it's important to remember that, like, you know. Most, most, you know, most of us, you know, have have access to uh, to the ability to get vaccinated now, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, but that's not a magic cure all, and it's not, you know, a guarantee of anything. And it's still, you know, it still pays to be sensible to mask where you can yeah. to, uh, you know, if you're unsure, if you think you might have symptoms, to check. And if you do have COVID, to not fucking go anywhere and get anyone else yeah. ill. You know, it's 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 important to still be thinking about those, you know, those steps that you can do to minimise risk to yourself and others. You know, yeah, shitty as it is, of course, because uh, obviously, you know, the they uh, took away all the the free uh, tests. Yeah, and that's uh, that, that's you know kind of bullshit to be honest. You know, people still uh, you know need to be uh, you know careful and, and checking for themselves and and you know protecting themselves and uh, and others and people around them. And it's uh, you know made all the harder by the fact that you know a lot of places are now charging what like ten pound for a box of. Uh, what, three, five tests? Uh, yeah, you know, and but unfortunately, you know, it's it's important to yeah. to be aware, you know, because because if if you don't if you don't know you got it, you you can't be, you know, take those extra steps to protect other people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, here we are, what, you know, three and I'm nearly four years on at this point, and uh, you know, I I know people who are still, you know, barely leaving the house because they are. So, uh, you know, they are so in danger, you know, they are uh, such a uh, high risk. And, um, 
you know, for them, the the whole thing has never stopped. You know, a lot of people have, you know, been getting out a little bit more and doing more things. And, and as far as I can tell, a lot of people just, you know, gave up wearing masks even a couple of years ago. And, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. there's there's others uh, who've not been uh, nearly as lucky and are basically still, you know, in, in full lockdown because, you know, just, just because... Some people are going. Oh, you know, I got it. I got it again this year, and and you know, I've, I've uh, not been going out and doing this and that and the other. And then you've got other yeah. people who were talking about, you know, the 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 effects that it's seriously damaging uh, people's, you know, lives, people's people's brains, all sorts of things. Exactly. Long term well, effects are uh, pretty horrendous, as far as I can tell. Especially yeah. people who've you know got it multiple times. Yeah, like, I recognise it's a privilege that, you know, I'm, I'm vaccinated and I'm not yeah. immunocompromised and I can, you know, wearing a mask, take the risk of, you know, going outside, you know, yeah. but it's still a thing you've got to keep, you you know, be aware of and, yeah. and do what you do what you can yeah, with. At the very least, you know, making the effort to wash your hands and, yeah. you know, being aware of yourself if you, if you are, you know, getting any uh, cough symptoms or whatever else, you know, I've, you know, uh, People have, you know, mocked me and stuff for for wearing a mask, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, even even up to today, you know, yeah. when I when I'm going out somewhere public, and uh, you know, but I haven't had a you know serious cold or a serious illness, you know, in you know in the last few years, and and I've you know very much put that down to you know that I'm not going out unmasked and, and and taking random risks that I don't need to and I'm you know I'm careful about what I'm touching if I'm using public transport and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And I've always got my my hand sanitizer on me. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. You know, <sighs> we we do it our best. I we suppose. do, we do. Where's young mate? Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. Good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I think we're going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds lovely. Sounds lovely. (laughs) You do things. I do things. Things that people would like to to enjoy. I I suppose so. And they can do that. (gasps) Where where, where can they do that? Where can they find the things? They can find the things at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Blue Sky Threads Mastodon, all the places, Laura K. Buzz. Um, if you want to read my game impressions from Gamescom, uh, you can find those on the Epic Games Store. Uh, on the news section of the Epic Games Store. That, that, that sure is what I've been up to this last week. Um, just search Laura K. Buzz, you'll find all the stuff I do. Uh, mm-hmm. what about you? Me? Uh, well, I don't have unified branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linkter.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find all the things I do, the t-shirts I design, the music I make, the... Everything. The everything. You can help support me at patreon.com slash radio for as little as a dollar a month. You can help me do all the things that I do, and it's very much appreciated. And, uh, yeah. And I think that's everything. So, Laura... <laughs> Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.